With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're tuning in to another OI episode and Offside Hockey Talk podcast with Jamie Anstey. And alongside me today is host of Offside Hockey, James Roberts, and the very lovely Jennifer Shafiro. My guest today has played over a thousand games in the National Hockey League, Calgary Flame, Colorado Avalanche, New York Ranger, and Chicago Blackhawk. Also has a Stanley Cup ring with the 1989 Calgary Flames. Also won a 2002 Olympic gold medal in Salt Lake City. Is also co-writer of two books, Playing With Fire and Conversations with a Rattlesnake, friend of the show, Theron Fleury. There he is, the man, the myth, the legend, Theo Fleury. <laughs> hey, guys. Hey, sorry for uh, Mr. Annecy's blunder on the link there. I'm glad that you got the right one. Yeah, it was like, doesn't work. Doesn't work. But we, we figured it out. It's the uh, the StreamYard app. I guess it's not like Zoom where you can send the link ahead of time and back right. out once you back out of a StreamYard. I guess it's gone. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, welcome back, by the way. Uh, obviously, uh, how's everything going on your end, my friend? No, it's going. Just uh, waiting for the snow to melt so I can get out on the golf course. Oh. There you go. You got to get out here. We were talking. We were cut off last time abruptly about golfing in Cape Breton. That oh, was where the conversation ended. Yeah, that was uh, one of my one of my favorite days of golf I've ever had in my whole entire life. Was playing the Cabot Cliffs. Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah, it was like twenty seven that day. Not a cloud in the sky. Little bit of wind. Yeah, it was spectacular. So. Yeah, no, we definitely miss you in here, here in Halifax, Theo. A couple of years ago, it was heart, heart and stroke, and I've been to I've been to Cabot Links, so we'll go. Uh, Ken Reed's a huge fan of that uh, course as well, so hopefully you come back to Halifax sometime soon. Heart and stroke, or maybe hockey for the homeless. Yes, I would love to. Uh, I always love coming out to the Maritimes. You know, uh, I have the best times. It's the best people, and. Uh, yeah, I always, always love coming to the Maritimes. So. Well, I want to ask you about the uh, the story du jour today. Mr. Tim Peel uh, caught on a hot mic. I know you and the refs during your career uh, wasn't <laughs> the greatest situation sometimes. I read a story today about you and uh, Kerry Frazier during one game with the helmet and everything. Yeah. Um, how much do you take stock in this, and what, what do you think? Obviously, we all know, even as fans or guys who do little media stuff, we all know that it happens in the even off calls, but when a guy gets caught on a hot mic, it's a little bit different. But for you, when you were playing, did you know these things, and was it already common knowledge for players really on the ice? Well, every time I used to see Kerry Fraser's name on the game notes, I was like, go to the coach and say, just leave me in the dressing room because I know I'm going to spend the whole night in the penalty box. So. <laughs> yeah. 
No, no, I, I read. He didn't really, whatever reason you said, he didn't really like you, whatever. He, maybe he didn't make it as a player and you're a little bit jealous, you know, obviously with Flurry with the flair and everything like that. Yeah. You had that allure, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, you know, the, the game has obviously changed, right? You know, since we played, you know, there's, what, there's 30 more cameras in the, uh, in the arenas now. And, you know, uh, basically everybody has a chip in their jersey so they can follow them around and, and all that. And so, you know, uh, it's unfortunate that, you know, that it happened. But, uh, um, and, you know, the NHL obviously didn't like what uh, Mr. Peel did. And, uh, you know, he's looking for work today. So, <laughs> yeah, he started his retirement just a little bit early. So he's like every other Canadian right now. We're all looking for work because there is none. <laughs> right there. Well, just to do a little introduction as well, Theo, uh, the lady you see in the corner there is Jennifer Sheffro, part of the offside crew. Wasn't available last time we did this, but here this time. So a little introduction there for you guys. Hey, Theo, how's it going? Good. How are you, Jennifer? Not bad. Thank you. That's good. So, yeah, crazy, crazy about this. I just want to bring up, I was reading on Twitter how um, people are talking about makeup calls and how they're okay. Um, being a past player, what's your what's your stance on that? Do you find that makeup calls are okay? No, never. No. It just blows my mind how many people are kind of saying, you know, it's okay that the, the NHL manages the games. It's like, what happened to the, the rule book? Like, was that just thrown completely out? Uh, of discussions here like I mean I've been watching hockey since well geez for almost 30 decades coaching mm -hmm. it for 20 and yeah, yeah. the inconsistencies that I see in this game with the officiating only seem to get worse and worse and worse but we want to grow the game right we want more people to be involved well <laughs> the refereeing was so bad that they had to add another bad referee <laughs> on the ice right you know so um you know, the most frustrating thing that as a player, you know, like we – because there's momentum swings in the games, right? There's momentum swings in the games. And so, you know, for example, you know, the rink would be completely tilted, you know, and we'd, we'd have all the pressure, you know, everything was going well on our end. And as soon as, you know, the puck – the ref would make some dumb call against us – and we had had the whole entire momentum of the game fully in hand, fully in control. And the ref makes a dumb call and you just go to them. Like, have you not been watching what's been going on here? Like these guys are not even in the game. And so because they're not in the game, you're going to give them a power play to get them back in the game. You know what I mean? It's like, I never, I never understood. Yeah. You know, never understood. Well, look it's at like the. Yeah, it's like a stage manager, like you know, directing its actors. This is what you got to do. This is what I want from you, and um, you've got this other actor feeding off this actor, and it's like, yeah. when does it stop becoming a sport or a game and start becoming a production? <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, yeah, it, but you know, I think one of the hardest jobs, you know, is is to be an official. You know, it's it's not an easy job. And, uh, no. you, can't, you know, you, you can't see everything. You're going to miss some calls. You know, we get that, right? We get that. But when it's blatantly obvious that, you know, 
that uh, that you've made a call based on you know personalities and and uh, you know so. But uh, well, look at ninety three, ninety four. Kerry Frazier was on the ice. Did did Gretzky high stick Gilmore? He says he didn't see it. He was blocked by another player. Look at ninety nine, Dallas and Buffalo. The Hall's foot was in the crease, right? Um, like you said, Theo, there's 30, 40 cameras right now in the NHL that are covering every angle, yeah. right? Jelena scored the goal. Even in that Calgary, Calgary was 2004, Tampa Bay. That yeah. was a goal. That was a goal. Right. Anson, Anson Carter in, in Team Canada, when they blew up the, the play, the puck was clearly in the net. So, um, you know, I, I know a few officials personally. I was conversing with a few this morning on this this matter, and it's unfortunate they're humans at the end of the day. Um, but they, they're going to make they're going to make calls that coaches aren't going to like, um, yeah. and they, they've got to try to please both coaches on both sides. It's a it's a tough job, and uh, I I hear it every day from the connections I have in the NHL. So um, it's unfortunate, but um, haven't read much into the Peel situation. Um, I'll get into that later, but. At the end of the day, it's really unfortunate, but it's uh, yeah, it's you know. uh, well, human errors, you know, part of it, right? So yeah, well, I like the uh, the quote that was done. I forget what referee it was. I want to say maybe it was Karski who gave. Uh, I think it was Columbus got seven penalties called on them in a row in a game against Detroit, and the fans were actually giving the gears to the ref about why they wouldn't get a power play for the Columbus Blue Jackets and. He got suspended one game, you know, doing the scratch of the chin with the middle finger, but basically giving the cry face to the fans and stuff because he called it like it was. There were seven penalties against the Blue Jackets, none against Detroit. Now, is that actually true? If you go back and watch footage, who knows? But at least in that instance, it wasn't an even up kind of thing. It wasn't going for back and forth between two. Yeah. Yeah. You know, first of all, the game's super fast. It's super physical. You know, uh, well, you know, I, I played in the so-called dead puck era with the, you know, with the New Jersey Devils, you know, and it was like skating through Velcro through the neutral zone because you were getting hooked and old and held. And, you know, it was like it was like you're at the Calgary Stampede, you know, and uh, and you could have called a penalty, you know, every shift if you if you wanted to. And, uh, but, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Well, it explains why Brodeur got 12 shutouts uh, every year he played with yeah, the Devils. Exactly, yeah. Right? Every year he got 13, 14. Sh- he, that's why he beat Terry Sodjak's shutout record, because every year you're you're absolutely right, right? Like, I, I, I talked to Mark Recchi, who is the assistant coach, I believe, in New Jersey right now, and a, he mentions the same thing, like how hockey was when he played in the 90s to 2000s. Like, we could go on for days on how the 80s, 90s, 2000s, and the 2020s are are in the league, right? So it's it's definitely it's definitely different when you played in the 80s and 90s, right? Yeah. Early 2000s. But you know, Gretzky was getting 200 points a year, so it couldn't have been too bad, right? <laughs> you know, same thing with Lemieux. Yeah, absolutely. So, what would you prefer? I think I may ask you a question along this vein the last time, but you look at the game today with all the different cameras, all the different hooking, slashing penalties everything like that than the area you played in where you're almost a point-per-game player when you finished it all up. 
what era would you prefer? Would you prefer now or then? Obviously now kind of, you know, caters to a smaller kind of player, like a, you know, I think of a Mario St. Louis, Mark Savard yourself, you know, or uh, was the era you played in what you were built for? I love the era that I played in. Yeah. So, you know what? What I loved in, in our era was the interpersonal rivalries that went on during the game, you know? Yeah. There's really none of that now because there's too many cameras, you know, there's just, you know, so. And if I played in this era, I wouldn't have been able to get away with the things that I used to get away with, you know? So, you sure know, enough. That's, and that's ultimately how I got room on the ice to do what I did best was, you know, what I did, you know, uh, you know, in those scrums, you know, after, after the whistles, you know, that's where I got all my revenge. <laughs> so. Well, I'm going to ask you a question about a player that's kind of in that mix right now. And a lot of people are in Calgary specifically are wondering if this guy may be uh, out the door or out of favor with the teammates and management. And that's to Chuck uh, in Calgary. Obviously a lot of articles coming out now. Is he more of a circus show than a player? You know, obviously when the results don't happen on the ice and you're causing those antics, it becomes something different. So for you, you look at a guy like him, you know, who plays along that vein, you know, tries to use the uh, the vocal cords, you know, to get under people's skin, uses a physical play, you know, is a real arse sometimes to play against. You know, do you see that being a distraction for a team if he's not able to produce offensively? <laughs> yeah, well, it's uh... – I love Matthew Kachuk. Love the way he plays. Um, you know, uh, all he's trying to do is get his drag his team into the fight, and his team doesn't want to go into the fight. You know, and you know that's why the Flames are fifteen, fifteen, and whatever, and have lost four games to the Ottawa Senators is because you know the they don't want to, they don't want to go into the fight they they want to play a real easy simple you know non contact you know type of game and um, you know what we've seen in the last few years is you know the two heaviest biggest teams usually make it to the Stanley Cup finals every year yeah. right so um you know, the, the Flames have a long ways to go, and if they get rid of Matthew Kachuk, then their franchise is going to be in big trouble. Well, I talked to you last time. I mean, you look at the Toronto Maple Leafs, same vein. You know, if they're not willing to be drug into that fight, they're not going to do well. And, you know, luckily they got guys like Simmons and Hyman and Muzzin that kind of go to that line. But I like what Kachuk brings, you know, in that element. I just think – for whatever reason, everybody now seems to think it has to be tied to some sort of offensive output, too. You well, look at we, guys like Tom Wilson and stuff, right? But we also live in a woke and cancel culture, too, right? And Matthew Kachuk is not a new school hockey player. He's an old school player. And so, yeah. you know, and, you know, half the guys that are beacon off about them never played the game, ever. The Elliot Friedmans of the world never played the game, never played the game, you know, and uh, until they take body checking out of the game, which is never going to happen. No. Right. You know, and uh, yeah. So, 
and the game's way too overcoached. There's way too many coaches, you know. Uh, get rid of the iPads. Get rid of, you know, all that garbage, you know. Uh, you know, when, when, when analytics people have their own uh, shows on TV and on the Internet and stuff, I just laugh, you know. Stats are for losers. Always have been, always will be. You must have loved it the other night then when the New York Rangers put a thumping on Philly with no coaches on the bench, really. Yeah, exactly. Boys went out and just played. Mm-hmm. What yeah. kind of showed? It showed like the uselessness of certain coaches. And touching on what you said, Theo, with the iPads, like what do you really need to look at after you miss a play or make a mistake in that moment to see what you did wrong? Because the likelihood of that happening again are slim to none. So you, and it takes you out of the game. You're, yeah. For that second, you're, you're removed from the game and your focus is then lost. And then you got to get scrambled back on the ship. Like, I think I agree with everything you just said, Theo. I think you nailed it right on the, right on the head. Um, you've got, like, analytics for me, I think, are a little bit of a joke. This isn't money ball. I mean, the two most important things in hockey are, what is it? It's uh, heart, right? You can't measure heart and you can't measure, you know, um, balls. Yeah, you can't measure that on a stick. <laughs> that's all. That's all done through through, I guess, visualization, like seeing it. And I mean, it, what frustrates me is that everyone's on this path to analytics, and it makes sense. Well, you know, chemistry can't be measured by analytics either. That changes from person to person, group to group. And um, with regards to the coaching comment, like you've gotten, you've got way too many egos, like kind of mixed up in all this, and they forgot. They kind of lost the path of the purpose of this game. And it's to make points and win, you know, get the two points, make goals, win the two points. And I, I mean, I've been, I love that. I'm a lover of this game, Theo, just a little bit on me. I've been, I've wanted to coach in the NHL since I was 11. Um, I, it's been my dream. I'm still working towards it. So I've studied coaches too. And I study like all, everything that I see. And I'm like, I, I don't see the same game that I grew up loving, like back in the nineties. Right. And it's like, do I really want to be part of this the way it's trending forward? And then yeah, I'm yeah. like hopeful, you know, well, they can bring in that old, just like Matthew Kachuk, you know, he's an old, old soul. He's like a 90s kind of generational player yeah. that we don't see anymore in this game. Well, and who, who, who is his influence? His dad. Dad. You ever <laughs> seen his dad play? Like, oh, he, yeah. he wasn't fun to play against. But he's know, fun to watch. He, yeah, exactly. And he, what, he got 500 goals. In the yeah. NHL. You know, his dad has 500 goals in the NHL. Yeah. You know, so... Yeah, it's it's uh, like some games are unwatchable. Yeah, watchable. Can't watch it. Got to turn it off. You know, because it's just you know, like the, my greatest asset as a player was I competed at the highest level. I was willing to die in order to win, and that's the way I played the game, and that's what made me great. Was was I competed at the highest level? Every, player, every single shift, and I don't see that anymore. And it's players I, like you that made me fall in love with the game for that exact reason. Yeah. You don't see it anymore. Like it's gotten sure it's gotten fancier and like you know faster. And I'm not going to complain about the speed of the game, yeah. but I mean like we've lost that initial grit that hockey once had, right? Yeah. And I'm not speaking just on fighting. Like I, I mean, no. stage fighting doesn't doesn't necessarily well, you, you happen. Can there. Play, you can play hard without 
you know, fighting. It's okay you know? to have the odd one in the in there. Yeah, there. Absolutely, yeah. There's been there's been some good scraps this year, you know. But uh, there's a reason yeah. why everybody goes back to guys like Clark and yourself and Gary Roberts, or even for me, I love watching Danny Markov because yeah. that guy played it all on the line every time, blocking any shot that would come his way, and then yep. get back up fully bloodied but still ready to play. It's the reason why we love those guys. Yeah. And it's the reason why they're always brought up in every conversation. All oh, this team needs a fill in the blank with a guy from the past that brought the ruggedness and scoring or whatever, tenacity, whatever yeah. you want to bring it, had the balls and the fortitude to do what they need to do. You know, that's Absolutely. not a lot of the guys aren't there at that level. They don't make hockey players like they used to, that's for sure. <laughs> no, and if they if they are a guy like they used to, like it's a Chuck or a Tom Wilson, it's why is this guy in the league or why is he here? He's suspended. It's always those kind of comments. But I guarantee you, whatever person from whatever team they follow is saying that would love to have that player on their squad. Absolutely. The greatest compliment, the greatest compliment as an athlete is I hated you. I hated you. That's the greatest compliment as an athlete you can get. Right? Because that's what when I meet kids all the time and they say, "Yeah, I play hockey," and I'm first thing I say to them, "Are you easy to play against?" Mm. You know, yep. that's that's a good one. I'm writing that down. <laughs> same, same with same with Brad Marchand. You know, Brad Marsh, Brad Marchand, Brad Marchand's here every summer, right? And I I see it personally. Crosby, McKinnon, Drake, Batherson, I go. I can go down the list. Yeah. When he, when Brad Marchand, I, I actually work. He, I actually work down the same road where he lives, and I see him all the time. He's such a man. I, I there's so many words I can say to describe Brad Marchand away from the hockey rink, but when you see him on the ice, you know, like he's licking people in the face, like he's he's causing he's shit in front of the net. But when you when you meet him in person, he goes to the QE too, the hospital. He does stuff for the kids, man. And, and people look at Brad Marchand and say, "He's a." I know when he won the Stanley Cup, there were stories, and him and Tyler Sagan, there was issues. I know that, whatever. But when it when it when it really comes down to it, is he's just a generally nice person. And that's what people don't see a lot of the time when they don't see him in person or don't see him do things in the community. They just look at him, what he did on the ace, or what co- shit he caused with Tyler Sagan, right? We're not, we're not paid to be liked. Yeah. We're nope. paid to win. Some of you paid are. To win. Paid to win. You know? Yeah. If you don't win, there's, there's consequences, yeah. Well, you know, why are I you mean, why are, you, why are you guys talking to me today? Stanley Cup champion, world junior gold, Olympic gold medalist, right? All those things. And you, get, you got two books, by the way. Hey, don't I forget your two. Yeah. Don't forget your two amazing books that I've read. So, if you got if, time, Theo, talk about if, the books. If I wasn't a point of game guy and had all those accolades, you guys wouldn't want to talk to me. You know, I, 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 I grit, grit in your well, game. I miss that. So I've got a, I've got a personal connection with Theo. So I don't the books, the books, the two, the cup, the the O two Olympics. I, I like you. you. I like you as a person, man. So that's that's, that's why I target. I love your. Yeah, I wanted to talk about the two books and uh, Troy Calmer's been a 
true gem. Right after our last interview, I got on the computer. I'm like, how do I find this? I've, I've dealt with mental health. You've been on the Rod Peterson show a few times. Every month, he's got a recovery hour. Um, so shout out to Rod Peterson and the Rod Peterson show. That his recovery hour every month. He, he showed up to work one day in a, in a mess and lost his job because of alcohol. Yeah. Right. And I was like, you know, I've been, I've been sober since Christmas because of yourself, because of Rod. So awesome. um, not, not to talk about myself here, but I'm just saying like, I'm just people that are listening. Theo Fleury is an influence. Yes. He's got two books. He's got a cup. He's got an O2 Olympic gold medal, but really as a person, you're a true influence on what you're doing with your books, right? You were here in in, in Dartmouth with your last one, rat, conversations with a rattlesnake, mm-hmm. and and the one before was uh, playing with fire. Um, you're just a true true gentleman off the ice, and that's you know that's who I target um, here on the OI people that people forget about, right? Like we had Jason Bodolin on a few weeks ago, played 41 NHL games. Someone came to me and said. Don't you want a guy that's played a thousand? I was like, I don't, his story doesn't really bother me. Right. right? That's why right? upside hockey talk is offside hockey talk where hockey comes to talk. It don't matter if you're yeah. a junior coach. It don't matter if you're just a fan of the game. We like to have anybody on it because really I like to, everybody in this circle here likes to talk hockey, period. Yeah. You want 100%. Yeah. Cap, right. Because obviously what you've done and accomplished is something we can feed into more topics, but we're sitting here today. Really, we haven't got to any of the topics we want to talk about yet. We're just shooting the crap. So, you know, that's where it's at. But no, yeah. this show here isn't designed to, to have the A list on. It's not designed to have anybody on who's yeah. got something to say. So, if you got time, Theo, just talk about the Sober Athletic Wear brand truck. Talk about how you connected with Troy Calmer, who's been an absolute beauty in the last month. He sent me this hat. He sent James a hat. The, yeah. the, the hat's Blows is blowing up uh, the offside Twitter account. Yeah, so just just talk about the sober brand. I know yeah. you don't have I know you ha- don't have the hat on today, but just mm. talk about Troy Calmer and uh, the sober athletic brand and and uh, why you why are you representing it? Well, um, you know I've been in this space you know for thirteen years now, and uh, you know you know the the real pandemic, the real epidemic on the planet is trauma, mental health, and addiction, right? And, you know, I quickly found out how big it was after I wrote my own, you know, my own story, my own book, and talked about my my own struggles. And then I got completely run over by people. Everywhere I went, people were, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 people were coming up at every book signing saying, hey, man, you told my story, me too, or, I saw your documentary. You told my story. Me too. And so, um, and now with, you know, with COVID here, um, you know, we're, we're seeing a, an even bigger spike in mental illness and suicide and, and all that stuff. And so, um, you know, this has been probably my busiest year. And so, uh, because my story's out there, I get contacted by lots of different mental health groups, you know, uh, Troy uh, and whatnot. And uh, you know, I, people always ask me, what's your greatest accomplishment in life? And, you know, everybody would think, oh, it's a gold medal or duh, duh, duh. no. 
my greatest accomplishment in life is my sobriety. Because without my sobriety, I have nothing. I have nothing without my sobriety. And, uh, you know, alcohol and drugs is like a solvent. When I put it in my body, everything disappears. Jobs, wives, kids, Mm -hmm. friends, houses, houses, you know, everything, everything disappears. And, uh, and, uh, you know, the, the day that I decided that I was going to do this a different way was, you know, the day that my life changed. And not only did it change, but, you know, it put me, you know, right in the middle of the biggest epidemic on the planet. And, uh, you know, um, like in the last six months of the 13 years that I've been doing this, I've never in that whole entire time had more people reach out that are suicidal than at any point that I've been doing this. Wow. And, um, wow. And it's, you know, it's been hard. Like it's been hard and, you know, every little small town in Canada has what an arena. Yeah, that's which which people in Ontario and and the Saskatchewan area can't go to right now. Nope. Um, sorry, sorry to cut you off, Theo. Um, but just you know, just talk about the arenas that kids aren't going to. Like Rod Peterson mentioned yesterday, he was he was receiving texts after the speculation that the SJHL was gonna was gonna stop this year. Look at the kids that are are devastated, and you're absolutely right. It's been broadcasted all this week. Kids are kids. That's their that's their escape plan. You know, my my kid hasn't been on the ice in um, months. I've been training twelve year old hockey players since uh, June, um, off ice, of course. But we'd like to get on the ice as well. But we can't get into a rink. I'm in Toronto. Um, We can move out of the city a little bit north or east, and we can find rink. But I mean, four hundred dollars an hour with only allowed to have you know five to ten people on it. Who can afford that? You know, and it's like it's affecting their. It's affecting everything. Like, how do you develop, especially at that point point of your 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 hockey career? How do you develop, and how do you not lose what you've built so far? It's it's really frustrating. And I mean, you can have gyms open, like at, like at fitness gyms are open, but you can't have you know twenty hockey players on a rink in a how many hundred square foot. Like what what what's what's going on here? Sorry for the rant, but I'm upset. No, I haven't been on the ice in a long like, time. Well, it's. it's it's part of the plan, right? Part of the plan. Is there yeah. some? Oh, sorry, Theo. What plan? Speak to me. I need more here because I, I, I gotta, yeah. I gotta figure all this out. <laughs> well, it's it's politicians who are playing God with people. You know, that's that's what's happening. You know. So yeah. I gotta build my own own rink now. That's the next step in my head. Oh, build when, my own rink. Wendell you know, Clark, Wendell Clark it, had his own rink. Wendell Clark has his own rink, so it's possible. <laughs> That's the next plan. Imagine if he didn't sell that that farm because I've I've talked to Wendell and he's he he was down here for heart and stroke and he was talking to people at the time about selling the farm, selling the rink. He if he had known COVID was happening, he should have kept yeah. it. You would have made millions. Exactly. But just can you can you 
can you just um, we have viewers in Vancouver who aren't playing. We've got viewers in Saskatchewan, Ontario. Is there something you can just tell the, the people listening, uh, positive notes on, on, because um, you're a speaker. Like you talk about mental health, you, you, you know, sobriety and all that stuff. So can you provide the people that are listening just some sort of positive feedback on, hey, it's not the end of the world. I know it stinks. You can't go to the rinks, but. We had Jason Podolin on a couple of weeks ago, and he's going through the same thing. He deals with kids. He deals with kids every day. So, just add something to today's conversation that can boost the morale um, across Canada right now, where, mm -hmm. where kids where kids can't go to the rink. At least here in the Maritimes, kids are going to the rink, um, but the rest of Canada and even in the Newfoundland aren't able to go to the rink. So, just add some positives, uh, Theo. Well, you know, I I, I think. You know, what they say? Two weeks to flatten the curve. You know, now yeah. we're, we're... Ten months. Well, longer than that, you know. Um, yeah. The, you know, for me personally, it's been the most difficult year with my own mental health challenges. You know, uh, my depression, my anxiety. Um, and, you know... You know, the advice I always give people is is movement. Like, you got to move. And so, you know, kids want to move. And they want to do things that they love to do, you know. Yeah. And uh, it's, I don't know, it's just pure insanity, you know. Uh, I think globally is the worst leadership from top to bottom that we've, we've ever had, we've ever experienced. And, uh, you know. I have lots of theories about why this is happening, but, uh, um, you know, our kids need to get back to some sort of normalcy, you know, and, uh, you know, um, they hate, they hate practices right now. There's only like, they started playing games again, but before the, it was premature that the Nova Scotia had mentioned, we're going to shut things down for a month. A week goes by. And week goes by, and they start, and they opened up things again. I don't know if that was a scare tactic to say, okay, get, let's get our shit together here, and we're going to shut it down for a month, yeah. and that that resolved things. But kids don't want to be going to practice with the same ten people. They want to be playing games with their friends, right? Uh, you well, know, tournaments. You know, nope. this time of year is when all the provincial playdowns start. Like, yeah. you know, this is where all the the great competition happens. So, you know, yeah. and it, it's not going to change until people wake up and say, you know what? No more. Like, you know, that's, that's, that's when this is going to change. Right. So. Well, it's like the kid I told you about the one, the 12 year old boy I'm training um, his league. And I forget which, what league is it's like evaded my mind right now, but their next season is not being, uh, has been announced not till March of 2022. Like, um, what, <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, that's the most frustrating thing that I'm having to deal with, especially with, you know, like, this is a part where he goes from double A to triple A and like, you know what I mean? Like, this is a very detrimental part of a hockey player's career if they move forward or if they kind of just stick house league. Right. So it's like for my jobs, even that much more difficult. Cause I got to keep this kid, you know, fit and, off the ice without being able to go on the ice. It's I know. So I know. Um, yeah. Building, like speaking on the mental health 
issues and like keeping, I'm all about hockey mentality and how important it is to have a sharp mind and to be focused and whatnot. So building that too with a 12, he's going on 13, but it's been very difficult, you know, without having those resources such as the rank or practices or games, even if three on three games, we need something. We need to keep everyone active, not just our kids. It's everybody. We're all losing it. You said yourself. Um, and, and they weren't even allowing kids to go outside and play in the outdoor rinks. Like, I know that was. <laughs> it's insane. It's insane. It doesn't make sense. That, that, that's what I, it doesn't make sense. Well, if we're going to watch the pros play their sports, I mean, we should be allowed to let everyone else play. You know what I mean? Like we're just kind of separating everybody in these hierarchies and that's not ever going to solve any problems of our differences. You know what I mean? So no, we're taking Even, massive steps backwards here. Because look at the look at the '99 birth years right now in the SJ. They didn't mm -hmm. have they didn't get to fulfill their fourth year, third or fourth year in the SJ. You're connected with the SJ because you're from Saskatchewan, so you know you know how everyone feels right now in Saskatchewan. Not to be able, you know, not to go to hump, not to be able to go to Humboldt Bronco games and the bus rides. Like that's one thing this year we didn't get to do is go on the bus rides. I find the bus rides you get to know the players more. You get to, you know, you get you get to interact, right? And, and not being able to go on the bus rides, you know, that's. I think there was a connection lost there this year just because of that, and not being able to travel, like you said, tournaments, going for the Don Johnson or going for a. A provincial championship that that's hard on a lot of kids but how do you feel like how do you feel how do you feel about like no hockey at all in saskatchewan or ontario like do you think some sort of plan should have been made like because right now the sj is at least the kids are upset that there's a whl bubble yeah but you got to realize you know red deer rebels pay 10 grand to sleep inside the arena so you know, Darren Dupont from the RP show mentioned, like, yeah, it's it's deflating that SJ players aren't able to play, but it costs a lot of money to run that that WHL bubble. So people tuning in, you know, mm -hmm. should realize that <laughs> the WHL's got a lot more money, and when money talks, then things happen, right? It's unfortunate, but I thought I think like I I feel for the SJ, I feel for the PJ, the league, the the leagues in Vancouver, right, Ontario. Something yeah. should have been done. Like the, you're absolutely right, Theo. You mentioned earlier the government really shit the bed. I guess they, you could say, maybe could use a different wording. But um, I, I feel terrible. We're, I'm, we're, gonna I'm, we're, okay. a, we're gonna get an opportunity to get rid of these guys. I, I yeah, I. But will I'm it happen? And yeah, I just you know, out west, the election is already decided before we even go to the voting booth perfect okay so, so if you want more of this then vote for trudeau if you want more of this vote for trudeau if you want you know some normalcy back you want your kids uh, you know then can i ask you a question based yeah. on that i don't think this is targeted just specifically in canada i feel like this is the worldwide problem yeah. right Absolutely. so if we solve the problem here in canada it doesn't necessarily abolish the problem overall because we're up against you know the rest of the world right so how yeah. do well what we can control what we can control right it's true you know look at florida florida hasn't hasn't done anything they've just gone about their business you just got parking you know what I mean? So, 
Um, yeah. You know, this is all political. This is all political. What's happening is all, all political. I'm glad you said. I'm glad you. I'm glad you mentioned said that because, like, I'm sitting here in Nova Scotia at the moment as we have this conversation, and you know, I, I'm able to go out and play shinny hockey with 20 of my friends. But how do you think I feel about that when 20 of my other friends across Canada aren't playing? So yeah. I'm really, I'm really glad that you mentioned like the government um, needs to really step up a lot better than how they are at the moment because their only solution to this problem is vaccine. That's it. Yeah. And they don't care about the kids' mental health or people's mental health. Oh, right. Mental health hasn't been addressed across Canada. That's why we're, that's why like people like yourself, Troy Calmer, we're, we're beating the pavement trying to raise awareness for mental health and addictions people face in today's world. Right. If If the government had a plan, it'd be a little bit easier walk for us to accomplish something. Well, right. So we know, we know what the plan is. Yeah. You know. Yeah. No. Yeah. Absolutely and, right, Theo. And they're they're contradicting. There's so much hypocrisy. You know, the science is more even more corrupt than the politicians. You know, and uh, yeah, it's it's a shit show. <laughs> you know, it is. You know, I, I definitely want to see. I definitely want to see across Canada and into the states, not to not so much to make it all even for the whole nation and the world, but just see happiness like throughout Canada. Like see all my friends being happy and associations being happy. And you hit the nail on the head. Like I follow your Twitter every day, and you're always talking about politicians. I have no sweet clue on. Um, if Trudeau's doing a good job or not, like I'm, I'm just living here in Nova Scotia doing my thing, and we're he, sitting, we're he, sitting a little bit. Yeah, he's an epic failure of leadership. Epic, epic. Yeah, we're we're a trillion dollars in debt. Yeah, this 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 and one from a hockey. Oh, sorry. Think about, you know, think about. Western Canada, we've lost 200,000 jobs, right? 200,000 jobs. So all these kids that are playing hockey, those 200,000 jobs are going to affect kids playing sports because the parents can't afford sports. You know what I mean? And, you know, this is not the Canada that I grew up in. This is not the Canada that I grew up in, you know? And... And it's not going to get better. You know, it's not going to get better until, you know, all these, you know, parents who their kids are, you know, deteriorating, stand up and say enough's enough. Well, we, have, we have to do it collectively as a, you know, as a society say, you know, enough's enough. Right. Did did this turn into did this, did this turn into CTV question period or is this still outside? <laughs> no, it's good. I mean, these conversations uh, need to be had wherever they happen with whoever they happen because you know what? From my perspective, I see a lot of things, and I'm not going to really state my opinion on this because I'll probably be cast out for good or canceled or whatever. Um, if that tells you the direction I'm going, but I mean, you see it on on social media, like for example, with with the vaccines. Now they're like. 
They're giving incentives to get the vaccine, like free donuts, free weed, whatever. If you show proof of the vaccine, the New and York Rangers are saying show proof that you've been vaccinated and you can come into our arena. Like there's there's all these incentives. Why are they trying to sell the vaccine? Why isn't anyone asking these questions? I know that's a little off topic. You're being, but it's you're being asked. You're being asked. Yeah. But you're being also being ignored. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a crazy time. It's a crazy world that we live in. And, uh, you but know. Can they do that from your opinion? Like, for me, I'm. I'm I'm vaccinated up to date, but this new one I'm I'm gonna wait for a little while. I'm not jumping on that bandwagon right away because you know it's too new. Jeez, I'm I'm gonna move to Toronto. But I can't go to NHL games now because I'm not vaccinated. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Like, well, I'm not gonna get vaccinated. You know, hmm. not, just, a not a chance. Are they putting poison in in my body? Well, that's why you look at what I said. It was too new. There's there's, there's speculation, too, that Bill Gates, you know how much money Bill Gates has. He's trying to, he's trying to, I don't know if this is true. I just heard it. I don't know how I heard it. But he's, he's got so much money. He's trying to kill off the seniors, trying to kill, kill people off in this world. And it's like. Well, he's I, don't, a, I don't know what to, I'm not an essential worker. My my partner is an essential worker. She's had the vaccine. And I asked her, like, which one did you take? I can't pronounce like I can't pronounce it's like pronouncing a Finnish hockey player's last name. I don't understand what vaccines and you're absolutely right, Theo. Right? You 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 should you should start ask uh Christy McClellan Day, I believe that's her name. Mm-hmm. Um Hey, can we start another book on why should Canadians take the vaccine? <laughs> and you, and you, you have your you have your third book right there, Theo Fleury. Why you shouldn't take the vaccine, right? right? And this, you just hit the nail on the head again, Theo. Why, you know, you know, why I don't try to target guy. I don't always try to target guys that have played a thousand games because sometimes they might have three words to say. You've you this conversation's been so educational right people you know people are going to be worried oh he's not a hall of famer and 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 we're going to have you on another day because you should be in the hockey hall of fame not because we're friends not because of the connections we've built there's actually a method behind my the madness of why theo Fleury should be in the hall of fame that's a conversation for another day but um right now uh, we're talking about vaccines and let's Let's just look at mental health. Yeah. Okay. Big Pharma owns mental health. Mm-hmm. They, they own it. Okay. And what they're doing is they're prescribing synthetic brain chemistry. Okay. And so when I put something in my body that isn't in its natural state, what happens? My body goes, it rejects it. What is this? What is it? But it doesn't yeah. reject it. It doesn't reject it because it's already in your system. Well, I mean, it, it, they, they take they take so many weeks. I've tried every single antidepressant out there. Yeah. I'm now off them because yeah. I did not like the artificial happiness. I did not like the way I felt. And I did not like being riddled at, you know, 35, 36, 37, 38, full of these drugs. My doctor said to me, and I kid you not, she said, anyone else, Jennifer, I would say no. 
to coming off them because you're so mentally strong. I'm going to give you this opportunity. I've now been off them for nine months, but I left my doctor's office with my mouth wide open going like, really? Cause like, this is a doctor that gets, makes money off, you know, drugging people. Yeah. <laughs> essentially. There's, there's a guy in Nova Scotia out towards the winds of Nova Scotia area that has the biggest house in Nova Scotia. What do you think he did for work? He pharmaceutical sales. He's got the biggest house in Nova Scotia because he sold pharmaceuticals or from whatever. And the girlfriend, the girlfriend took the vaccine and got a lump on the side of her neck the size of a golf ball. Right. So I'm glad you talked about, you know, I'm not taking the vaccine. Hopefully people don't follow Theron just because they like Theron. Well, Theron Florian didn't take the vaccine. You have to have a reason that you don't want to take it. And you just explained that, Theo, where – Right. Yeah. What, what's it? What's it doing? What's it truly doing to your body? Like, what's that? You know. Yeah. God, God put you on this planet for a reason. This, this stuff you know. has not been tested. Not been tested. And Bill Gates is going to make two hundred billion dollars yeah. from these vaccines. So, you know. Sign me up. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, look in, look in Florida right now. Like my parents are in Florida. Don't even get it. Don't even get on that topic. How my parents ended up in Florida, but there's pop up tents. There's more tents set up in 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 Florida than at a Dick's Sporting Goods or Walmart. You know, when you go to Walmart, you see tents popped up, or uh, you know, displays. There's more displays in Florida of tents, of vaccines, and a whole bunch of other stuff, and it's just like. And and Jen, you just mentioned you got the vaccine. I'm I'm moving. No, to no, 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 no. You you just didn't. You don't no, have I said it. I'm fully vaccinated, like up to date with like the old vaccines. You know, when oh, we're okay, kids, okay. HB, F, Hep C, all that stuff. But I okay. will not, by no means, take this. Not for anytime soon or ever, for that matter. I don't. I don't trust big farm. I just don't. No, there's. Oh, I agree. There's there's one question I wanted to ask. I know. Unfortunately, we got cut off the last time. Um, a good friend of mine asked this question the last time. It didn't get it didn't get asked when you were going into the process with Christine McClellan Day and your your second book, Conversations with a Rattlesnake. Were those books how how was that process? And were the books easier to do than the production? I know you have a production out there of of your life, so. What was what was the difference between doing the books and the production? Which which one was maybe easier to do? I think it was it was all pretty easy. You know, I was ready to do it. I needed to do it. I wanted to do it. And uh, you know, obviously, um, you know, I had no idea that it was going to turn out. You know, this way. Uh, all I had was a story. I needed to tell it. And, uh, you know, what happened really is I sort of stepped into the true purpose for my life. And, and this, this is my true purpose, right? And, uh, uh, you know, I've been able to help millions of people come to grips with their own, you know, experience with whatever type of abuse that you've been through, you know, make sense of it. Uh, you know, uh, I always am available to listen to people's stories and, and all that stuff. And so, um, you know, and I've always been able to take something negative and turn it into something positive. Right. And, 
you know, I think, uh, you know, that's how we got to look at this whole situation here is, is this is really been a, a completely negative experience and you have to, <clears throat> you have to search and find, you know, the gifts, you know, in this, in this process. Right. And so, um, you know, but this is, this is a crazy time. It's a difficult time. And what I always tell people is do your own research, turn off your TVs. Don't watch CBC. Don't watch CTV. Don't watch global, you know, do your own research and come up with your own belief system. That's the, what's going on, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, you know, eventually, eventually this is going to end. Uh, Hopefully, you know, we get back to some some kind of normalcy in our lives. Um, and uh, but in the meantime, the only thing you can do is take care of yourself, right? So, oh, you're absolutely, absolutely right. Unfortunately, I have to go because I have right, sir. another podcast I got to do. So, <laughs> how can uh, people find you on social media? Do you have Twitter, Theo, or do you have a, I, a social every, media platform people can maybe find I'm you on every platform? Okay. LinkedIn, Facebook, Perfect. Twitter, Instagram. Yeah. So. Perfect. I'll, I'll uh, tag you on the – when James drops this on Twitter, we'll, I have you on Twitter. So awesome. I was going to say, if you don't, stay away from CNN and uh, follow Theo on Twitter. That's, yeah. you're, better, you're better off, right? So, do, you you have any, do you have any last words for uh, Theo, Jen? No, great to meet you. Enjoyed your career. Thank you so much yeah. for the memories, man. No problem. Thanks thank, a lot. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining uh, Offside Hockey Talk, Theo. You have yourself a great day. All right. We'll do it again.